0: Hello friends, welcome back to Church Public. Today, we're going to look at some of the stories of interest this week from a Christian perspective. Today, we have an evil priestess showing you how to build an abortion altar, then we move to the newest job description, Post Row, lovingly named Abortion Doula. No, not the doula that comes to help you deliver your tiny, beautiful baby, but this doula Apparently, does the opposite. Then we talk for a bit about the FBI raid on Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate and what that means for him, for you, for me, for us. Finally, we look at the ever-expanding IRS and why that is most certainly a bad idea. Welcome to Church Public. I'm Matt Odegaard. Welcome back to Church Public. I am Matt Odegaard and I appreciate your time here today. Today we're going to look at some of the stories of the day from a Christian perspective to try to help you go out into the public square and make sense of it. My goal here is to help you follow Jesus and to live in the world but not be of the world, which increasingly seems to be harder and harder to do. So if this helps you at all, you can like and subscribe and you can hit the notification bell depending on which platform you're on. You can get it on Apple and Spotify and YouTube all the places. And if you missed in the previous episodes, you can go to churchpublic.com. And if you are just listening on audio, you can watch the video at churchpublic.com slash podcasts. So hope you check all of that out. Thank you so much. If this is helpful and you want to send it to a friend, feel free to do that as well. I appreciate it. All right, let's get to some stories. So, we've got some crazy stories today. This one comes from a uh, social media person named Drew Hernandez. This was a tweet that I saw with an accompanying video, and the tweet reads, Death Cult, a woman teaches how to build an altar for post-abortion, which includes a container for the remains of the baby after being aborted and the abortion pills. On the altar, she ends the DIY video by kneeling before the altar. altar excuse me, not satire. Uh, there was a video on YouTube. It has since been removed from YouTube because. I don't know, because it's terrible, but anyway, that's my hope. I'm not sure that's really what happened. Um, I was going to play you part of the video, but I decided that I'm not going to play you part of the video. The video, uh, if you are just listening, the video includes this lady who explains why you need to build an altar for your abortion. I mean, people, if you haven't already realized that this is a cult it is a religion it operates like a religion this person literally makes it her religion where she i don't know if you can see if you're just listening i'll explain to you that on this altar is a it looks like a picture of mary she definitely threw the video which i watched part of and now it's gone but um you can see this screen grab here that i was able to get before it was gone there is a tarot card so great witchcraft yay uh the What she's holding in her hand in this particular picture is the pills that induce death in the baby. And she is uh, apparently cleansing them with sage because that's a thing that's real. And uh, the I, I mean, I have to say this. The glass that's in front of her, the glass bowl thingy, she describes as what you would use to put the remains, she almost says baby, it's very interesting, I wasn't going to play with that part of the clip, but she almost says the remains of the baby, but then she thinks better of it, I think, as she's filtering in real time, and she says something like the, the I don't even remember what she says, like parts of the fetus, or some weird euphemism, because she realizes if she says parts of the baby, which it really is, that would be very gross which it really is because this whole thing is gross and literally child sacrifice people. Can we just stop doing this? (sighs) I wish we could, but we got to keep going. And the next thing that we got to talk about, of course, is the abortion doula. And so, uh, I mean... (laughs) Could grieve people, but this is this is where we are. So, abortion doula. Um, if if you don't know what a doula is, and I only know because I I spent a lot of time in California, and in California things are a little bit different. And so, a doula is a person who comes to your house to help you as the uh, pregnant mom deliver the baby. Um, and it's a nice thing. I mean, sure, great. I mean, some people deliver babies at hospitals. Some people want to deliver the baby at home. I have no problem with that. That doesn't that doesn't bother me at all. And a doula is a person who goes and helps you deliver the baby at home. However, in the crazy upside down world that we're living in, the now we have an abortion doula, and the abortion doula doesn't help you deliver the baby. It this person helps you apparently remove the baby. Um, so. Uh, From the Blaze TV is where this clip comes, and from the Steve Deese show, and this is Steve's daughter, I believe, Anna Deese, who visited this training to be an abortion doula, because apparently all you need to go to is like a one-hour session, and all of a sudden you're a qualified abortion doula in order to kill people's babies, I guess. Anyway, Um, so... I'm just going to play for you this little clip from that show to explain a little bit more about this, and then we'll talk about it some more.
1: Abortion doula training, which I'll define later on, was held on Saturday, July 9th, online from 12 to 4 by the iowa jane collective the jane collective was started back in the day when abortions were illegal but when you quote unquote called jane they would come to your house performing an illegal abortion on you for free now they hold abortion doula training right inside the comfort of your own home according to the iowa jane collective an abortion doula is defined as a person who provides compassionate and non-judgmental support through an abortion experience Well, lucky for you, this Saturday, I had nothing to do, so I took that training so you didn't have to. The host of this event is Frida, whose pronouns are they, them, and lucky for you, she is not certified, but you don't have to be to become an abortion doula. When we talk about abortion, we're talking about the deliberate termination of a pregnancy. Pregnancy tissue can refer to a zygote, an embryo, a fetus, a placenta, an umbilical cord or any other type of tissue um, that grows in the uterus during pregnancy. Um, A fetus, the medical definition is like the tissue of a pregnancy that um, grows past eight weeks gestational age. Um, Before that, it is considered an embryo. Um, A baby or child using that sort of language um, contains connotations of personhood. Um so when I talk about abortion I um talk about pregnancy tissue um it's not wrong for somebody to use the words baby or child when they're talking about a pregnancy um but like you don't necessarily want to be using language that your client might be uncomfortable with always important to like mirror your client's language
0: I mean that's what we're talking about right what we're talking about is that they can't say baby because that connotes personhood and that would be bad because we know that this really is a baby and to say that it really is a baby obviously is a problem because it's baby uh, you know and like we get we just they go around and round in this and um there's a bunch of other things that were written on here let's see um they talk about abortion as the deliberate termination of a pregnancy sure But it's more than that. I mean, yes, it is. Uh, Pregnancy tissue is the euphemism that's added here. Um, I had a screen grab of this, but it's not showing up right now. Anyway, I'll just read through this for you. Um, And they talk about pregnancy tissue because, again, you can't talk about a baby. And she said, don't reference baby or child because that connotes personhood. And what would that do to a mother-to-be? attach them emotionally to the baby which they're supposed to do I mean come on people like this is this is not good this is just not good uh again I I mean I can, there's so many verses that are flipping through my mind right now and I, I feel like I just I read verses to you all the time I don't I don't want to bore you with them but it it does stand to point out that you know God knew you before you were born he gave you life he gave you breath uh Jesus as a In utero baby, baby in Mary's stomach, leapt in the womb when he met his cousin. Uh, I mean, (laughs) like, God created every baby in his image, and they are special uh, to him. They should be special to us because we recognize the, the in God's image humanity of every human, whether born or not, whether capacitated or not. We don't go killing people in comas because they're no longer useful. We don't go killing disabled people because they're no longer useful. Like, this whole thing where a baby, just because they're a baby, is not useful, is not present, is not visible, like, all of a sudden we can kill them. Like, it just, it's repulsive, and we need to start understanding it. And then when you get things like an abortion doula or creating an abortion altar, I mean, like, we have seriously lost the plot of this whole narrative. This uh, this abortion doula. I mean, it just it's such a death cult. I'm just reading through more of more of this uh, this article here that I was that I was reading about where it just this lady says this is back to the abortion altar. This lady says, "quote Building an altar to your abortion can be a really cathartic procedure." It can be a cathartic process because it creates a space for your sacred container where you can return to whatever you want to meditate whenever you want to think deeply or contemplate any aspect of your abortion. What? Like, seriously? You want to contemplate your abortion after you have it? Like, how about contemplate having a baby because a baby is wonderful and beautiful and made in the image of God. She goes on to say it's a really beautiful way to just give reference to the experience and hold the experience in a sacred way. Ritual, altar, sacred. These are religious terms because this is a religion to this group of people who is celebrating their abortion, uh, ritualizing the abortion. She says that there is uh, candles, crystals, tarot cards, an image of the Virgin Mary, a fan, and incense to clean the space. Um, She is literally saying she's blessing the abortion pills. Then you really need to put your intention for healing into the pills before you take them. I, I, I people, abortion pills that kill a baby aren't healing. How how is this how is this not clear? I I, I got nothing for you. I seriously got nothing for you. Um. So from that, we're going to move on uh, to something crazier, perhaps. So we have uh, Trump who who. Oh, I don't even want to talk about this, but we have to because it was a big news story, and we'll just talk about it for a minute here, but uh, Trump's Mar-a-Lago home was searched by the FBI, and according to Politico, it was an uh, unprecedented move, which it was, in fact. A sitting president, a former president, has never had a personal residence um, searched in this way, ever, in the history of America. That's kind of a big deal. If this had happened in another country, if in another country, the... the, (laughs) Um, arm of the government, of the bureaucracy, of the state that is weaponized, that is investigative, that goes after a president, if that happened, with little to no uh, understanding of why, because uh, at this moment, I mean, I've still, even right before this, I was reading about how some things, maybe maybe we know why this happened, but I'm not going to report on that until we, till we actually know what, what was really going on, but anyway, the FBI executed a search, according to Politico, uh, search warrant at the Mar-a-Lago State of former President Donald Trump on Monday as part of an investigation into the alleged mishandling of White House records, including potentially classified material, according to two people familiar with the matter. The Florida raid, one of the people said, took quote unquote hours at this point. In another article I read, it was something like 10 hours. And attorneys, staff, no one from the Trump establishment was allowed to see what happened. My question would be, why? Why can't people watch what the FBI was doing? That seems a little sketchy to me, but what do I know? These searches, according to Politico, recol- resulted in the seizure of paper records, according to one person familiar with the development, who also noted the Trump attorney, Christina Bob was present, but, uh, as I noted unable to actually observe what was going on. The article goes on to say no former president, particularly the one who is openly considering another bid for Oval Office, has faced such a public enforcement action. Again, this is Politico, not a particularly conservative site. Trump himself said they even broke into my safe. He gave a lengthy statement to the FBI, comparing it to Watergate, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um Trump said, quote, after working and cooperating with the relevant government agencies, this unannounced raid on my home was not necessary or appropriate. Uh, The former president was not present at Mar-a-Lago. He was at Trump Tower in New York, a person familiar with the situation said. So I'm going to skip through a little bit more of this article because it goes on and on and on. And the story is in some way still developing, but it seems like a strange story to me. I don't know about you, but... The fact that it happened very close to a primary election is mildly suspect, just to say the least, just as a question. And again, at this point, the real cause is not entirely clear. The National Archives has said, according to Politico, that they were seeking... To recover 15 boxes of records from the Mar-a-Lago estate that it deemed improperly, I'm sorry, improperly removed, including some marked as "quote classified national security information." The archives confirmed at the time it had been in touch with the Justice Department about the recovered documents, and the archives said it had "quote ongoing conversations." Uh, with Trump's team about recovering missing presidential records. So, in other words, they were talking to Trump about getting these records, but for some reason, the FBI went in, apparently, guns blazing anyway. Not actual guns. I may have overstated there. Anyway. So, the archives also indicated it was working to recover unarchived social media messages that Trump may have torn up or destroyed, not all of which were recovered at his estate. The investigation has become a public threat to Trump, with some of his top allies and former White House officials facing grand jury subpoenas and FBI searches. Earlier in the day, Justice Department defended its decision to seize the cell phone of John Eastman, the attorney who helped devise Trump's strategy, to seize a second term he did not win. Uh, That's a story that I haven't seen a bunch of coverage with, but it is kind of a big deal that the Justice Department went and just took Trump's lawyer's cell phone That seems like something. Anyway, federal investigators have pursued evidence that Trump's administration mishandled presidential records and even removed some boxes to Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort. Uh, This would require the sign-off of a federal judge. It has been shown that this federal judge also represented, in some way, Jeffrey Epstein. A seemingly interesting coincidence, as it were. According to Washington Post, some of the missing items they were searching for included a cocktail napkin, phone list. Charts, slide decks, whatever that is, letters, memos, maps, talking points, a menu, schedules, and more. End quote. Sounds like really dangerous things to me. According to one source speaking on condition of anonymity to discuss the ongoing investigation, this anonymous source said the inventory of items believed to be missing were a cocktail napkin, dinner menu for his birthday, and other things. Perhaps we should go back to this quote from Lord Acton. Lord Acton said, Power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. I would add, as the government moves towards amassing more and more and more power, the pull of the human condition... This is the Christian advance. The pull of the human condition, the sin of our flesh, will grow stronger and stronger. That's just the natural state of things. And we see that again and again and again throughout history. This is the Christian view of humanity. Power and morality and things that we are seeing in real time affect and show the effects of our sin nature. Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And speaking of growing power, the IRS has also been in the news They are set to add around 87,000 new employees. The IRS is uh, adding employees to its lineup, but it has interesting job descriptions for these new employees. Here is from the IRS website some of the things that they're adding on to in their new employees. Major duties, it says, adhere to the highest standards of conduct, especially in maintaining honesty and integrity. I like that. That sounds great. Then, work a minimum of 50 hours per week, which may include irregular hours, 24-7, including holidays and weekends. I mean, as an employee, inconvenient, but who cares, really? Maintain a level of fitness necessary to effectively respond to life-threatening situations on the job. Wait, what? Are we talking about the IRS? You know, like taxes and stuff? Life-threatening situations. Okay, let's keep going on. And you can go and look this up, IRS website. Here's another one. Carry a firearm and be willing to use deadly force if necessary. Wow, that escalated quickly. Um, so we were talking about the IRS and taxes, and all of a sudden uh, these new agents are carrying firearms with deadly force capability. I'm sorry, what? IRS? Taxes? Collecting my money that you already collect anyway? I, I, I'm confused. Uh, let's continue on. Be willing and able to participate in arrests, execution of search warrants, and other dangerous assignments. (laughs) This is the IRS, people. You can go look this up uh, on the IRS website. So, that's great. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Uh, In other IRS news, the IRS has recently purchased 5 million rounds of ammunition. 5 million for the IRS. According to the Epic Times, the IRS has stockpiled five million rounds of ammunition spent seven hundred and twenty five thousand dollars on bullets this year, according to Florida Congressman Matt Gates, who has introduced a bill to block future ammunition purchases by the agency. But why would you want to do that? They're just the IRS, right? The Republican lawmaker announced his sponsorship of the Disarm the IRS Act in a July press release. The bill would ban the IRS from acquiring ammunition through direct purchase or otherwise. The bill awaits potential vote in the House Ways and Means Committee. He said, quote, call me old fashioned, but I thought the heaviest artillery an IRS agent would need would be a calculator. Yeah, not seven hundred and twenty five thousand dollars worth of ammunition, Gates said tearing an appearance on Fox News. My silly questions of the day. What is the point of these thousands, tens of thousands, around 87,000 perhaps, armed agents with the power and authority to take your money by force at gunpoint? How does this end in more freedom? Those are my questions. Are all these agents really going to go after the 1% that the government and the government officials keep saying? Are they really bad tax actors? Are, they, are these 87,000 agents really necessary to get eight, to get bad guy tax evaders or with 5 million rounds of ammunition? Or, perhaps, are they going to scour the middle class tax returns for people, maybe like you and like me, who do our best to file our tax returns correctly, but inevitably make dumb accounting mistakes because we are not tax professionals. And then what? Do they show up armed at your door demanding payment at gunpoint? I just don't understand. I don't understand what other use this enormous bureaucratic army serves. Am I missing something? Probably. But at any rate, these are the questions that I have. These are the stories that I have. So we have to look at this from a Christian perspective. And Lord Acton quote is a good one to remember that the human condition is the human condition. It has always been the human condition. The human condition is fallen from the garden till now. We have this sin nature, and this sin nature says... We really are going to make decisions based on ourselves, based on our selfishness, based on what we want, based on something else, based on how we are perceived in the world. And and sometimes we want more power and we want more authority. And if we're not given that, maybe we'll just take it by force, because why wouldn't we? So this leads us to the verse of the day, which is the opposite of that and where we need to go in our walk, in our faith, in our truth of what is really going on. This is the verse of the day. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, and be strong. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. This is a great verse for you. This is a great verse for me. This is a great verse for us. We really need to focus in on this verse, what it means for you. And specifically, I'll talk to the dads, the men, for a second. This verse is for you. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. This is important for you. It's important for you to stand up. It's important for you to lead well. It's important for you to be a man in your house. It's important for you to be a husband. It's important for you to be a father. Lean into that. God has placed you where he wants you to be, and he wants you to live like this. This is how you can do it. This is how you can live it. If you have questions about it, there's this great book that you can get pretty much anywhere at any store, online anywhere. You can get it in an application over and over and over again, and I hope that you do. I hope that you do because I think it's really important that you follow after Jesus with your heart and soul and mind and strength. And as Paul says, then stand up, be courageous, be strong. Do this and you will have an abundant life. It might not be full of all of your dreams coming true, but you will be better off for it and have an eternity that really makes a difference and is with God instead of without him. I think that is an important thing to do. But you have a job to do on this earth, in this life. And I hope, for one, that you do it and you lean into that. Don't be passive. Don't sit around. Don't waste time. Get up. Get up earlier if you have to. Stay up later if you have to. It's hard. I know. I have many kids. I have many jobs. These things are true. And I'm tired a lot of the time. You probably are too. It's not an excuse. It's not an excuse for me. It's not an excuse for you. Get up. Be courageous. Be strong. Be a man. Stand up and do this because now is the time because no one's going to do it for you. No one's going to raise your kids for you. No one's going to work your job for you. No one's going to grow your faith for you. It's time to do it. I hope that you do. I hope that you live into the potential that God has given you. He has created you for a reason with good works in advance for you to do, Ephesians 2.10. And I hope that you lean into that and that you do them. Don't shy away from that. Yes, it's going to be hard. Yes, you might experience persecution from pretty much everywhere, but you still do it. Do the right thing because it's the right thing, even when no one is looking. I know that's hard, but it is really important for you to do. So God bless you in your journey. I'll be praying for you. And if this is helpful, pass it on to somebody else. As always, God bless and keep the faith. For Church Public, see you next time.